Welcome to this new life podcast. It is our desire that you learn all of the benefits of the abundant life that you have in Jesus Christ, so you can live your life to its fullest. Listen and be encouraged. Shadi and I are so glad to be with all of you in the Hope Alive Conference today and share the time together with the other wonderful speakers. Our hearts desire, even as we just finished praying for you and the words that we minister to you, is to help build a security and a strength and establish uh, uh, a solid anchor in your life uh, because life is filled with unexpected, unkind, unnecessary, unwanted, and sometimes ugly things that come to us. And we need a stability, we need a strength, we need something that's stable, that holds us steady to any adversity that comes our way. Doesn't come out of our own strength, doesn't come out of our own wisdom, it doesn't come out of the arm of the flesh or the great educational attainment that you may uh, have accomplished through many years of study. It comes from having a living hope and a faith in a person, and his name is Jesus. No matter what comes your way, there will be things in life that are beyond your ability, beyond your strength, beyond your own wisdom, your talents, your giftings, your position, or your finances. But there is nothing that is beyond the ability of God because he is all-knowing, he's ever-present, and he's all-powerful. And when you and I will hold on to that and realize that our hope, as we are in this Hope Alive conference, that your hope will stay alive as long as it's focused on the one who is alive. Not past traditions or, or vain philosophies, but a living hope and trust and confidence and relying upon a person whose name is Jesus. Ashanti was inside. Uh, I moved outside. This is not a virtual background. It's uh, our backyard here. And uh, it is a little cold. And uh, But I'm so glad to be with you. Wish I we could do this all in person, but it's nice that we have this, uh, the videos that we can send. And I pray that the words that we, that Shadi shared with you, a wonderful message, and then some verses that I just want to remind you of. I'm sure most of the verses that I share with you are not verses that you've not heard before. Uh, most of the problem is that we... Uh, it's not that we haven't heard things, it's that we forget things. You know, the Bible says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Forget not all his benefits. Forget not who he is. Forget not what he has planned for us. And so today I want to bring you to remembrance of, of some things that I pray that will reestablish uh, a living hope and a solid faith and a confidence and, and rebuild a, a faith and a trust and uh, cause your courage to come alive in the things that you face today. I'm going to begin with, I'm sure, a verse that everybody refers to. It's probably quoted more uh, nowadays than any time we've heard recently, and that's Jeremiah 29:11 in the Amplified. Actually, verses 11 to 13 it says, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you. It's very important for you and I to know the plans and the thoughts. I like that. Plans and thoughts. It's not that God just has a thought. He has a plan. I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, says the Lord, plans of peace and well-being, not disaster, to give you a future and hope. Then you will call on me and you will come 
and pray to me, and I will hear your voice, and I will listen to you. Then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity, and you'll find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I believe it's so valuable to add verses 12 and 13 in there when the Lord says, you will call on me, you, know, you will come, and you will pray to me, and I will hear, and I will listen. And then with a deep longing, you will seek me and require me as a vital necessity. Listen, for our hope to be alive, it is a vital necessity that we draw to the Lord. As we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And the result of that is you and I become aware of God's plans and God's thoughts. That it is for your peace, it is for your well-being, it is for your security, it is for your wholeness, it is for your present, and it is for your future, having uh, removed the shame, the guilt, the condemnation of your past, having redeemed your life from destruction, but he, had, he has good plans for your present and for your future. What we see from this verse is that hope for your future is a gift from God. And it comes with you becoming aware, receiving, and believing in the plans and the thoughts of peace and well-being that God has for you. <clears throat> God's thoughts for us, his will, and his plans for us, his purpose for us, it's all good. Two things that are foundational uh, and have been foundational for Sister Shadi and I in uh, over 40 years of living in Asia, the Philippines, and ministry, and, and, and the entire time that uh, I've known the Lord, two foundational truths that have always brought us stability and brought us strength in our lives, no matter what we've uh, faced, that have helped us to remain rooted, established, stable, and anchored, is that God is good and that God is faithful. I believe to me, faithfulness is probably one of the greatest attributes of God. And I combine that with his goodness. I combine that with his power. I combine that with his mercy because the fact that he's stable, he's reliable, he's dependable, he's unchanging is that his faithfulness is from generation to generation unto a thousand generation that his mercy endures forever. That he's not only good, but he's faithfully good. He's not just good today, but he's good tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year and the next generation that he does not change. Malachi, Malachi says, I am the Lord God and I change not. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you and I can lay hold of that, two facts that he's good. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever, for the Lord is good, and that he's faithful. In uh, Psalms 37, verse 3 through 5, it says, trust, rely on, and have confidence in the Lord, and do good. Dwell in the land, and feed securely on his faithfulness. Feed on the faithfulness of God. 
when you feed on the faithfulness of God, it's something that you bring into you. It's just like eating. It's you, you make it a part of you. You feed on the fact that he's faithful, that he's reliable, that he's dependable. Not one word of his promise has ever failed you. I know people have failed you. People have failed me. People in all their greatest intentions and their promises can desire to do good, but sometimes circumstances are beyond their control or they, they change. But God does not change, and he's always good, and he's faithful to his word. One of the wonderful things that we see that actually is impossible for God, you say, well, that nothing is impossible for God. Yeah, there's something that's impossible for God. The Bible says it impossible. It is impossible that God can lie. He cannot. It's not that he chooses not to. It's that it is impossible for him to lie. So when you have the truth of his word, when that word comes alive in your heart, renewing your mind, helping to change the way you think, bringing a transformation, when that truth comes alive on the inside of you and becomes a rock, an anchor to your soul, and you realize that once you have that word, he cannot lie. And that word becomes a stability. It becomes a strength. It causes a courage to stay alive in your life. And it gives you a living hope to hang on to that when things look dark, when the wind is blowing, when the waves are pounding, his word is true. And that's why in all of the teaching that we have, it's not so much how wonderfully we communicate the word. It's the word itself that you remember. The word that is alive in your heart, the word that's working in your mind, transforming and renewing your mind for your head to think in line with your heart. That's what causes your hope to be alive. It says, rely on, have confidence in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed securely on his faithfulness. Feed on the faithfulness of God. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way into the Lord. Trust also in him. I talked about the goodness of God in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. When you look at the life of Jesus, everywhere he went, he brought life. He brought hope that my life can change. My life doesn't have to stay this way. I'm not stuck in this situation, no matter how impossible it looks, as if nothing can turn my situation around, where people have betrayed me, disappointed me, walked out on me, let me down. Jesus will never let you down. The Bible says whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. There will not be disappointment. If things have not worked out in your life, if, if things haven't happened the way maybe you have desired them to or expected them to, let's go back to the truth of God's word. Not what you've heard from somebody else, but the truth of God's word is that he does not fail. He cannot fail. His word does not fail. And he's faithful to his word. And whatever he does is good. I want to encourage you today as we are in this Hope Alive conference to cause your hope to come alive and stay alive is feed on the faithfulness of his word, that God is faithful to his word. And if you look at the life of Jesus, you will see everywhere that he went, he was always doing good, whether it was healing, 
whether it was forgiving, whether it was providing, whether it was delivering, everything that he did brought hope and brought change into people's lives. That has not changed. We are not here to provide the world with uh, slick, polished messages that soothe uh, or uh, influence our soul. We are here to communicate a word that's empowering and alive by the Spirit that brings transformation in the heart, renews the mind, and there's power to perform in our daily lives. Romans chapter 10, verse 11 says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. There's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich, is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, salvate, the word saved there is an all-inclusive word. It means uh, the word salvation is wholeness. It means to be made whole. It is, it is not just the forgiveness of sins. It is the wholeness of your body. It's the complete work that was accomplished through, the, through redemption, through the death, burial, and resurrection. It is you and I becoming whole, spirit, soul, and body. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and who bring glad tidings of good things, good things. Everybody that's speaking from Sister Shadi, myself, and, and all the rest of the speakers, and everybody that you're going to hear in the streams is to communicate a word that's going to bring good things into your life, that's going to cause hope to come alive. And when hope comes alive, then faith begins to work. And when faith begins to work, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. And some things look absolutely impossible. And that's why we have the God part in the equation. When Mary was talking to Gabriel, when she says, how can this possibly be? How could I uh, become pregnant? I haven't been with a man. And, and not, not, not only am I going to become pregnant, uh, but you're telling me that this is going to be the son of God. How, how can this be? And he says, well, with man, it's impossible. There are some things with man alone it's just flat out impossible. It's not going to happen. But then Gabriel added this, excuse the wind in my hair here. But then Gabriel added uh, the reality of the word to the situation. But with God, all things are possible. You see, when you bring God into the equation, the impossible becomes the, uh, becomes the possible. A conversation with a virgin resulting in a pregnancy, that's really kind of impossible, but not when you bring God into the equation. I don't know what your situation is now that seems to be impossible, and there are a lot of things uh, just it, with your strength and my strength and your ability and my ability that actually is impossible. But when we bring God into the equation, the impossible becomes possible, because with you and I alone, just our abilities, our strengths, our wisdom, maybe your good looks, your standing, your finances, still some things are going to be impossible. But with God, nothing will be impossible.
So when we bring God into the equation, and then we bring the, bring the trusting, the relying upon his word, and you and I uh, begin to believe that Jesus said, all things are possible to those who believe. That's why we take the time to share these words with you, to bring you from a place of hope into a place of believing, into a place of receiving. And so the impossible becomes possible. And any situation that God steps into can turn around. Whatever situation you're in right now, God can turn it around. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified Classic, uh, I, I love this verse. It's foundational. It's just a part of my life, so I'm obviously going to share this with you today. It says, we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. So wherever you're at, however you feel, the truth of God's word uh, still exists. It's still true in your situation, regardless of your emotions, regardless of the thoughts or the worries, the fears, the anxieties in your mind. You are God's handiwork. You are his workmanship, whether you feel like it or not. These words are true. You are recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew. That not only did Jesus do good works, but he also created you for some good works. He wants you to be involved with his plans and his purposes because he has something wonderful for your life. He not only wants to do things in you, he wants to do things with you, and he wants to do things through you. You were created for good works, which God predestined, planned beforehand. Taking path, which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them. You see, it goes back to Jeremiah 29, 11, when God says, listen, I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you. I have a plan for you, and, and it's good. It's not bad. It's, it's to give you a hope. It's to affect your future. See, my plans are beyond uh, the present. They're going to take you into a future. They give you direction. And in that direction, wherever I, I, I lead, wherever I guide, I always provide. You will find the provision of God in the direction of God. You will find that provision with his direction. And it's always good. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. The young lions do hunger and suffer lack, but those who worship the Lord, those who seek the Lord, shall not lack any good thing. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Your life may not look good right now, it may not feel good right now, but God has prepared a good life for you, a life with peace, a life with purpose, a life that, that has power in it because of the presence, not only of his word, but of his spirit. You are not to live powerless. You are not to live without wisdom or knowledge or understanding or counsel or might. You see, that is the person of the Holy Spirit in your life, which you'll, Isaiah chapter 11 talks about the spirit of the Lord, who is a spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and counsel and might. That spirit lives on the inside of you. So you can pull from wisdom from above. The Bible says wisdom from above is pure and peaceable and gentle and easy to be received. So you can pull from above or you can draw from within. Spirit of wisdom that lives on the inside of you, counsel that lives on the inside of you, to lead and direct you in this path that he has prearranged and made ready for you to live. That God has a good plan for your life. What I read earlier in Romans chapter 10, the Bible says that God is rich to those who call upon him. The reason that we uh, 
share all these verses with you is to bring an awareness to cause hope to be alive because you will not call an air on on God in areas where you don't believe where you begin to believe you'll begin to call and when you begin to call he is rich and and we want you to call on him in any and every area of your life no matter how small it may seem nothing is insignificant to him concerning your life concerning your relationships uh with people in your family concerning your health concerning your future concerning your peace concerning your strength concerning your courage concerning your convictions nothing is small or insignificant to him he cares about every aspect of your life if you want to see the richness of god poured into your life then get an awareness of his word that applies to every aspect of your life that's what causes your hope to come alive that god cares about this area of my life and he cares about this area of my life he cares about my not only my eternity but he cares about my my temporary he cares about me physically emotionally uh mentally financially he cares about my marriage he cares about my family he cares about my kids and he cares about my peace Jesus said, I, I came to give you a peace that, that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away. You and I can only have that kind of peace when it's established because of a, the Prince of Peace and that person that brings peace in our life because he causes our hope to come alive. And he not only causes it to come alive, but he sustains it in our life. My hope is alive because of the source of my hope. And that's a person and his name is Jesus. His word alive in my heart, constantly being uh, renewing uh, my mind, the spirit of God present in my life, empowering me with a presence and a peace. It's not just words that you try to remember. It's a person. It's a person who's alive. His spirit is alive on the inside of you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And sometimes we're, we're more convinced by our emotions or our circumstances or what we see or we feel. That's why everybody uh, refers to this story. Uh, I refer to it a lot. I, I guess it helps me to, um, it just brings a peace to me. When Jesus and the, and the disciples were in the boat crossing the Sea of Galilee and the storm came up, we all go through storms. And they were convinced they were gonna die because of what they saw, what they felt. They saw the darkness of the clouds. They saw the waves. They felt the wind. They're getting wet. So now they're convinced to what they see and feel, we're gonna die. And because what we see and feel becomes more real to us than what we believe begins to get overshadowed and we get convinced by outward circumstances uh, that the inward conviction of our heart maybe isn't so true. So they go to Jesus and they wake him up and they tell him, don't you care that we're going to die? Too many times in our situations, we are convinced that maybe God doesn't care. And when we get convinced that God doesn't care, we forget that he's good. We forget that he's faithful. See, the Bible says perfect love cast out all fear. When I understand that I have a loving heavenly father, when I understand that 
when I see even Jesus when he's in the garden praying in John chapter 17, one of the things that he's praying about is, Father, let them know that you love them like you love me. I have a heavenly Father that loves me without reservation. I have a heavenly Father that loves me so much that he gave his only son to redeem me. I have a heavenly Father that loves me with a perfect love. And when I have an understanding of that love, for me, the height and the width and the length and the depth of that love that he has for me, that is beyond knowledge, it will replace the fear. It will replace the anxiety and cause not only hope to come alive, but stay alive and abound in my life. I think every one of us has gone to Jesus at times in our prayers. And we, when we were praying, it was more like a whine. And Lord, don't you care? Don't you care about what's happening to me physically? Don't you care what's happening to me emotionally? Don't you care what's happening to me financially? I mean, look at my job. Look at my family. Look at my, my relationship. Look at my marriage. Look at my kids. Look at, look at my health. And he sees and he knows, but he does care. Lord, don't you care that we're going to die? I mean, look at the circumstances that we're presently in. And what happened is the circumstance of the storm, the pressure of the storm, the wetness of the storm, the wind of the storm became more real to them than the Jesus in their boat. Hope Alive Conference is for us to remind you who's in your boat with you. That your Christianity is not the mere acknowledging of just truths you try to live by. It is the reality of a relationship that you've become one with him, that you're in him and he's in you. And he will never leave you. He will not forsake you. And that his word is true. When it's raining, it's true. When it's storming, it's true. When there's waves against the boat, it's true. That's why whoever hears these words of mine and does them and, and applies them is a wise man. I pray that in this Hope Alive, Hope Alive conference that everyone us continue to awaken to the wisdom we need to walk in, to be doers of the word that we hear. Because the wise man is a doer of the word. And when we do that, we build our house upon a rock. We establish our life upon the faithfulness and the truth of God's word. So when the rain comes, when the stream builds up and it beats against our house, when it begins to beat against our life, we stand because we're anchored, we're solid, we're established, we're founded on the goodness of God and the faithfulness of his word. One of the reasons that you and I need, be, need to be strong and established and abounding in hope is because you and I are a light to many others who are drenched, beat up, wounded, their houses have collapsed, and they're beginning to float down the river. And as they float by, they see someone standing solid, secure, in peace, with joy, no fear, and courage and conviction that does not bow. And when they see that, we become a light in the midst of people's darkness, and we are there to rescue and help restore and rebuild that which has been broken and shattered and damaged in other people's lives. Hope Alive is not just for you and I to uh, survive, it's for us to thrive. Hope Alive isn't just for you and I to overcome, it's for us as overcomers to be a living testimony, to reach and touch our generation and to be a voice that brings strength to those around us. With all the messages that have been coming out and uh, concern in the last couple of Sundays and new lot, just absolutely wonderful messages about your thoughts. I'll go to this, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, the weapons of our warfare. 
are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to pulling down strongholds, casting down uh, arguments, vain imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Listen, you got to bring your thoughts into captivity. If you don't bring your thoughts captive, your thoughts will bring you captive. Don't allow anything to be exalted above the truth of God's word in your mind. It's very important that you renew your mind and begin to change the way you think. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Allow nothing in your mind to be exalted by the truth of who he is and who you are. Remember, there's, there's, there's two sides of revelation that's important in your life. When Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Which is in heaven. That's revelation for, for Peter to see and understand who Jesus is. But that's only one side of it. And Jesus says, and I say unto you that you are Peter. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we know that the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is is the rock and the foundation that the church is built upon. But what Jesus did, he says, okay, I, you see clearly who I am, and I want you to understand clearly how I see you and who you are to me. See, it's one thing to see who Jesus is to us. It's another thing to see who we are to him. That's what causes your hope to come alive, stay alive, and to abound. Don't allow lies to continue to stay in your head. Truth brings liberty. It brings peace, it brings freedom, it brings confidence, it brings courage, it brings boldness, it brings vision, it brings hope, and it brings faith. Lies bring bondage, fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, uncertainty, doubt, and confusion. It's my prayer that in every message that you hear in these two days and in the streams, that peace and joy and strength and courage and faith and hope is coming alive in your hearts and minds. I have a verse I want to share with you as I get ready to wrap this up. One of my favorite verses on hope is just a phenomenal verse in Job chapter 14, verse 7 through 9. It shows this the extreme power of what God's word can do and what hope can bring into a life. It says, For there is hope for a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground. Now that looks pretty bad. The tree is cut down. Its tender shoots says will not cease. Even though its roots have grown old in, in the earth and the stump may die in the ground. Yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. That's hope. When it looks absolutely hopeless, when it seems like there is no way, never remove the God factor in your situation. Never remove the God equation coming in to invade your situation. How many times in the Bible do we see miracles, a divine intervention in natural circumstances? 
when it looks hopeless or we see something ha that has never happened before or we look at it and go how could this possibly be feeding of multitude of the multitudes turning water into wine walking on water separating the ocean for the children of israel multiplying oil for a widow so she can pay her bills and then have plenty to live on or how about the multiplying of the uh flour and the oil for a widow is gathering sticks to cook her last meal and die how many different miracles do we need to see where throughout the old testament or the new testament where when god comes into the scene situation turns around how about when <clears throat> joshua is fighting a battle and he prays for the sun to stand still and the moon to cease the moon also to stand still what kind of a crazy prayer is that? In fact, some of you, if you'll go back and read Jeremiah 29, 11, it's pretty crazy when, uh, oh, wait, no, that's not Jeremiah. That's where I'm going in, in, <clears throat> in Isaiah. This next story, in turning hopeless situations around, Hezekiah was sick. Second Kings chapter 20, I'll try and close with this. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1. <clears throat> In those days, <clears throat> Hezekiah was sick, near death. <clears throat> and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. <clears throat> Isaiah the prophet comes to you, you're the king, and says this, Thus says the Lord. You're going to die, and you will not live. Game over. Hopeless situation. It says, and then he turned his face towards the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart. I've done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court. See, Isaiah comes in to deliver a word from the Lord. I mean, he says, thus says the Lord, you're going to die. <laughs> you're not going to live. I guess right there, you just give up and say, oh, well. But Hezekiah did not. That's what we're wanting to encourage you today. Don't give up. Don't quit. Quitting's not an option in your life. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord God, the Lord, the God of your father, David. I've heard your prayers, and I've seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add to you 15 more years. What did he do? He turned his face to the wall. Maybe you need to turn your face away from everybody else. Maybe you need to turn your face away from Facebook unless you're watching uh, the conference on Facebook or YouTube. Maybe you need to stop the social media because it's, it's not everything on social media that's gonna cause your hope to come alive. In fact, a lot of things on social media, the news or, or the opinions of people is what's going to steal your hope. It's what's going to damage uh, your hope. The Bible says that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. 
turned his face away from everybody else, and he began to cry out. Let me encourage you, as we read in Jeremiah, where God says, listen, I know my thoughts towards you that are good and not evil to give you a hope and a future. My plans for you, they're good for your well-being, to establish you, to strengthen you. And then after that, it says, you will come to me and you'll pray to me and seek me with all your heart. And I will listen, I will hear you and I will listen to you. You will seek me as a vital necessity. Sometimes there's no other place to turn to. Don't make God the last resort in your life. Make him your first. No, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. We Listen, if you will seek the face of God, you will see the hand of God move. Too many times we just want to use our faith because of things we want to see God do on our behalf. It's not the hand that you just want to always see working in your life, but if you'll seek his face, you'll get all of him. Seek him with all of your heart. When you pray, he'll listen. Hezekiah just heard a word from Isaiah the prophet, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament. And he delivered a word that could have caused him to give up and quit. But Hezekiah turned his face away from the prophet, away from the man, and away from everybody else. And maybe you're in a situation right now and you don't know where to turn. You don't know where to look. Let me, let me tell you what will cause your hope to come alive. Is when you get your face towards his face. When you take your face and you put it in his word. When you look to him. When you want to hear from heaven. When you need to hear from the Spirit of God, what you will find is hope. What you will find is mercy. What you will find are the plans and the thoughts that God has towards you when it looks absolutely hopeless. There's always hope in Him. Let me tell you, your courage, your strength will come when you turn your face towards Him. There is no hopeless situation. There is no situation that is bigger or beyond Him. It's my prayer, and I know that we are in some hard times. I know that the world has been locked down. People have been shut, shut down. We've been locked out. We've been uh, put away from people. We haven't been able to gather. Businesses have closed, financial situations. E e all kinds of emotional and challenging times have come to us. But God is greater. And you and I live in a time where we can look to him and trust him and rely upon him. And faith in him, whoever calls on the Lord, will not be put to shame, will not be disappointed. It's my prayer for you today that your hope come alive, that your hope is in him. Not just words on a piece of paper, but a person, a person that brings peace, a person that provides, a person that heals, that restores, that loves you, that you are loved today, and that God's plans for you are good. Let me pray for you. Father, again, I thank you for everybody that's watching today. I thank you for your word that comes alive in their life. I thank you that in their situation, whatever country or city they're in, whatever financial, physical, or emotional situation they're in, that you invade their situation. That they do not forget the God equation in the entire situation. That with with man, some things are impossible. But with you, nothing, nothing is impossible. And all things are possible to those who believe. 
that's trusting, that's relying, that's having faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Cause a living hope to come alive in the hearts and minds of every man and woman that's watching. Life, my situation, can, will change. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Father, I come against sickened hearts, that hope that is delayed, that is cast aside, that is let go of, will not be a part of our life, that we will not allow our hope to be deferred. We will not allow it to be cast aside because our hope is in a person and his name is Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the continued words that come through the rest of the speakers and every stream that people are encouraged in great and wonderful ways. I thank you for miracles. We believe in the miraculous. We believe in divine intervention. We believe in the working of your word and your spirit, your presence, your peace, and your provision in every area of our life, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you for the men and women, their homes, their families, their businesses, and all that they put their hand to. I thank you that every one of them is like a tree planted by the river of water. Their leaf will not wither. They will bear fruit in due season. Whatever they do will prosper because of who you are in our life. Thank you for that, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for the opportunity to be with you. I'm sorry for the noise, the sun, the wind, and air that's standing up in the breeze, but it's a joy to be with you. We love you guys. Shadi and I love you. And pray that you have a blessed time together in the rest of this conference. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that God's powerful word can bring a change in your situation and transform your life. So we encourage you to share this message to your family and friends so they too can know of the new life that God has for them. If you prayed to receive Jesus for the first time or was simply blessed by this message, we invite you to connect with us. Follow us on Facebook at newlife.ph, Instagram at newlife underscore ph, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Life Media PH. You can also email us at connect at newlife.ph. We will be so glad to hear from you. To support the ministry, please visit newlife.ph slash alabang slash give. Your generosity is greatly appreciated. God bless you.